Hello, and welcome back to our dumbass podcast for our third consecutive episode. Who knew? Who knew that this would be possible? Uh, I'm Lucia. And I'm Nikki. And uh, yeah, this is pretty... This is pretty impressive for us doing multiple. No, the episodes. standard is a little. I guess you you may say low, but it's yeah, not yeah. really that low. Yeah, yeah. We set a low bar for ourselves, but that's okay. It's um, an achievable bar. Yeah, isn't it? And it you know makes you feel good. Um, so today, what we're gonna do is just go over what you know we've been watching lately, give some recommendations, that kind of thing, just chat. Um, I guess rather informal. Um, which really, or any of our episodes ever. No, I was wondering <laughs> why you mentioned chatting. Yeah. Because I feel like that's, that's all we fucking do. That's all we um, do. That's what a podcast is. Anyway, let's ignore that. Um, I guess. You yeah, don't want to get then, meta about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been hoping, you know, in the past to like sort of be more active on social media and like give our, you know, give movie and TV recommendations there, that kind of thing. And then we just like have so this is we're catching ourselves up a little bit here but hopefully this will prompt us to share more uh on instagram and twitter that kind of thing of like what we're watching what we recommend what we don't recommend um i don't think we're gonna go into that I, we don't know but like we that. might get i feel like we might get there maybe we we probably will right it's yeah. just we no it's not. inevitable to watch something that's shitty and then you have to tell the world that what you don't watch go shitty. watch it yeah um pretty much. yeah and then also just on a separate note um we're not going to do, obviously, an entire episode on this. We're so, I'm we so did last tempted. Week. I think we're really tempted to just just deconstruct. The second episode of Loki was so good. It was really so, great. It was so good. And I think this is um, something we've talked about before, but, like, you know, Tom Hiddleston's been playing Loki for, like, 12 years now or something like that. And it's just he's so comfortable in the character and you can tell like he's already he's a fantastic actor actor and so is everyone else like it's just a well put together show but like is this that it's it makes well you realized. wonder yeah. isn't it yeah and it makes yeah. you wonder like did marvel kind of jump the gun with the, the first two marvel shows i mean like yeah like, we don't know the characters as well when you have to do marvel legends for vision and wanda uh and you forget a lot of their intimate details then yeah it is about why is legends a thing marvel tell us no no no. tell us why is it a thing can you tell us nikki needs to know she needs to know (laughs) also why is the disney plus app so slow oh it's the worst (laughs) it is actually the worst hbo max is pretty it's pretty laggy sometimes it has been i i liked it at first so i was like ooh, slick uh, but then it does the weird like auto pause when you change subtitles or and it doesn't feel like really calm It's like a jerky auto pause. Okay, that's a really yeah. specific problem, but no, in no, any no, case, I'm with you and also like Yeah, it's just painfully off. Speaking of HBO Max and also Tom Hiddleston Unfortunately, the way these two things converge yep. uh, Happens to be the one the only Woody Allen and I'm so glad he's the only he should never be replicated, but maybe Polanski did an okay job. Uh, that's <laughs> my way of saying, fuck you, uh, Mr. Allen, I will never work with you again. And if you, you know, live to see a, a, a reasonable age when I'm like in an industry, um, fuck all the people who enabled you and kept you going. And that unfortunately includes Tom Hiddleston. So also, there's a little bit of a fuck you from me, not from Lucy. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's a fuck. It's maybe like a less of a fuck you. The thing is, I'm just in this arena. I'm more of a pussy. I'll be honest. I just 
just really fucking love Midnight in Paris. See, that's, yeah, I, so I watched Alan B. Farrow, and now I just, you know, I can't, it's like watching the Epstein dog, it's like watching, uh, shit that you can't handle, the R. Kelly shit, like I'll probably never, no, 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 not probably, I will never listen to R. Kelly or Aaliyah again, which is kind of sad, because she was a young 13-year-old also being exploited by a yeah. crazy, creepy-ass man, um, predatory, let's say. Okay. That's our episode. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, there we that's, go. Uh, you know, I think it'll get better. We have a lot of we have a lot of racks, uh, which means that you have a lot of things that you can go see. Yeah, if you choose so to get out a pen and paper or a, a note like thing on your phone or whatever. Well, also, again, we will probably put this like on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, so, you know, maybe this just, should like, be a list. Maybe this should be a post. Or something. We'll make your life easier, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, yeah let's yeah, do we'll it. Try. All right. Okay. So. Uh. Let's do oh. some recommendations. Yeah, let's let's get let's right into it. Let's, let's just get into it. it. Um, what's okay? I think we can start with maybe what we're gonna cover, like the the few things that everything is gonna get. Every rank oh, is gonna yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, so yeah. what we're Criteria, going for. The information guess, you um, will get out of yes. this, <laughs> aside from a lot of rambling and um, tangents and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll give you the title of the thing. We'll give you the year, director, genre. Um, what we like about whatever it is we're recommending, anything to look out for um, while you're watching it, and then finally where to find it, like where to stream it. Um, yeah, and you know, Lucy's very organized. I'm going to be on IMDb pulling up the information as we do this. That's what, No, so, we literally spent the last half an hour, I will say, before we started recording this, we spent like a half an hour going through like yeah. all, of, all of the information. Don't so. worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's great. It's great. Um, in any case... You know, if you, that's the pause, if I, you know, happen to have one. In any case, let's just get into it, because uh, you have a lot that I've never heard of, and yeah. I'm interested to see. So I guess we can start with you, Lucy. Okay. What's your first, first so rec? My first recommendation is called The Deep Blue Sea. It's a movie. came out in 2011, directed by Terrence, Terrence Davis, I think is how it's actually put. Like, in the UK, they pronounce Davies, Davis, whatever. Anyway, um... In case anybody's worried about uh, what the critics thought, eighty-two on Metascore. The only the only negative review actually came from the Washington Post from this reviewer who I have like a so-so thing with. Anyway, so just thought you should know that Michael Sullivan did not like it, but literally everyone else did. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a drama adapted from a play from I think the nineteen fifties. Um, so it's kind it's kind of slow. Like the pace is a little weird, and there's a lot of like flashbacks and stuff. Hmm. But it's Rachel Wise is the main character, Tom Hiddleston, and Simon Russell Beale, who is also they have worked it. Tom Tom Hiddleston and Simon Russell Beale have worked together like, like more than once. I think they did the Hollow Crown together. Anyway, um, but it's basically it's about uh, a woman who's like caught between her husband, who is like a very kind person, but not a very passionate person. Um, he's also a little bit older than her. And oh my then, god, I think I know this movie now. Yeah, and then, okay. um, you know, then she has an affair with Tom Hiddleston, who is a very, very passionate, but also very volatile and kind of 
sometimes awful person who was an RAF pilot in World War II. So it's kind of it's that push and pull thing, which right. I mean, once you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, I can see how this was a stage play. But um, yeah, and I found it because uh, I've been reading Tom Hiddleston's IMDb page since I got an IMDb account in like sixth grade. So I finally just buckled down and fucking watched the thing. Just decided this is going to yeah. be the day. And mm. uh, yep. Yeah, that was it. I was like, you know what? It's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's like it's only an hour and a half. So easy I mean, enough. Um, it's yeah, true. it's on Amazon it's Prime true. Video for like three bucks. So I'd say it's worth a watch. Just give it a shot. Yeah. So I, that's that's my first rec. What do you think? <laughs> I I'm I don't know. I feel like drama has a time, and personally, I'm not in a drama space. Yeah. Um, I will say you've got to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, I and I it's interesting that it was adapted by a um it was adapted from a play. I feel like that has a lot of uh what's the word? consequences mm-hmm. <laughs> on a on a implications. piece of yeah. yeah, implications when it's like not um oh gosh. It's just like not made for the media that it's gonna do. Yeah, and that adaptations are tricky, right? Like, and in the fifties too. And I'm thinking because these are two plays, both from the fifties. It's like the death of the salesman and fences and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. Um. I mean, when you watch them, it's a little underwhelming sometimes because, like, there's no tricky pans. There's no interesting. Uh, motion that the camera's yeah. doing or different it's settings. It's about the acting and not much yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting I, though because it was one of those like it, it really is an excellent exercise in like what stage acting can look like because that's I mean most British actors that are around right now yes. were trained in the theater because that's just how it starts over there. Um, so, or, or they like went to national drama like school. Exactly. Drama. Yeah. Tom Wilson yeah. went to RADA like Simon Russell Beale is like a big deal on, uh, on, uh, it's not broad, you know, in plays and whatever. Rachel Weiss, same thing. Um, like he and Daniel Craig did something together too, like a few years ago on stage. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, oh, okay. um, huh, makes sense. Yeah. But so it is interesting from that perspective because they can all handle the material. So it's more, I think the thing, if, if anything really bugged me about it, it was mostly just the filmmaking stuff, just mm. from that perspective. Like I feel like, it didn't quite translate as well as I would have liked it to. On the other hand, that's not really the point of it. The point of it was just the raw human emotion, which is like, you know, the actor's job. And so I feel like that came across well. Okay. You know what? That sounds good. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch it anytime soon. No, that's fair. But, that's totally fair. Yeah. But I mean, as long as, I mean, it's just, again, we're revisiting things that we watched in a relatively short period of time I yeah don't know. I'm, I going, I'm stretching like back a few nights ago i just couldn't fall asleep so i was like you know shit this is it that's what we're doing so yeah um do you want to do you want to do yours do you want to yeah, like, sure. off? okay yeah let's do that okay so the first wreck that i've been kind of obsessed with in the past week has been bob burnham's inside which is a semi-comedy special semi like uh what is the word like a whale for human connection it's a lot uh it's it's very eclectic 
So, um, again, it was directed, written, scripted, if you want to call it that, uh, composed <laughs> by Bo, who uh, has been on a hiatus from filmmaking and just the world in general for the past, I think, three years now, solidly, but even longer than, uh, longer so in terms of his stand-up, uh, which is what he's technically known for. And he's kind of this musical performer, so that's why um, people it's a very it's a it's a very like weird owl but make it dark and not parody kind of thing uh like really dark like it's a lot of his work is just like and a lot of his early shit is very offensive and it's not even offensive it's just like probably just not good like it's not that great it's not fantastic um inside is very different uh it's one of the most amazing like self films i've ever seen and I don't think I've ever seen a self film, but this was fucking it. Like I, I don't know how you could top it. His lights were spectacular. His he did lighting, and he was shooting himself. Um, and a lot of uh, people on social media. This is a big thing. It's like a lot of people on social media have been talking about the special because it's a really great representation of the feelings that you have when you're in, you know, you're when you're living through this pandemic. Um. And it's got some real great bops. So I would listen, I would literally listen to the album before you watch it. If you want to like, um, that's stuff, that's a handy trick from any musical, to be honest, uh, because I've grown up watching musical-ish films, not the 50s kinds, not the 30s and 40s kinds. Say, that's the only kind of musical I watch. Not the Hollywood kinds, <laughs> but the, the ones that, the ones that are around the world, right? So in Indian films, most of them have some type of music that is really, really big. In any case, Inside, fantastic. It's on Netflix. It was, it's a really grueling hour and a half because you go through a lot. It feels like it's comedy, but it's also just really depressing and you feel it. So I, I've, I've been on that kick. I watched it last week. Still can't think of it. I watched it again with my parents because I forced them to. Um, and then I've listened to the album like three times since. So it's been a lot. It's been staying gotcha. with me. Watch it on Netflix though. It's pretty great. It's fantastic. Are and, you like generally a Bo Burnham? Yes and no. Fan. I I love his old vines. I think that's my that's what I gravitate to. He shows up in a lot of vine compilations. People yeah. loved his shit. The, um, is there anything, is there anything better, than better than pussy? Yes, a really good. A book. really good book. <laughs> that's the one. That's I the think one. About that a lot. I think about that it's, a lot. I mean, yeah, truly. But Bo Burnham was always like this kind of odd character and uh, he's a really in he's internet person right so i yeah. that's the only thing so i'd watch it for that i think the first watch is really tough because you don't know what to expect or how it's gonna what the it doesn't follow like a similar three-act pattern it's not a right. film um and it's not even a special it's just say, really, not a comedy special it's just him singing to you and then doing some some of these are so well done it's just, it, it's incredible that he's doing this alone. That's that's what you would watch it for. And the fucking great songs. Okay, okay. so Lucy, what's your next track? Okay, so my next track is, ugh, it, this one really got me. So it's a movie. It's called Buried. Okay. It came out in 2010. It's directed by uh, Rodrigo Cortez. He's a Spanish filmmaker. It has a 65 on Metascore. Um, in case, again, in case that's important for anybody. It is in our family. Um, anyway, it's, it's about... Ryan Reynolds playing some guy who is buried alive in a coffin 
and it's the most stressful fucking movie because he's just trying to get out of the coffin. He's in there with like a cell phone and whatever was in his pockets. Oh, that is so it's so fucking good though. It oh, really damn. it really got and the the great thing is too because I think Ryan Reynolds is re- truly a really funny person, yes. a great comedic actor. Really excited for um the hitman's bodyguards wife's or whatever it's called because i really are my whole family loves the first one so i'm really excited for that one but i this one is really just him acting and it's 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 fear and it's you know like just it's very raw i don't know i i really liked it um it's on peacock yeah i'd say maybe it's maybe it's a thriller more than it is a horror movie but it's also i think it's not not a horror movie, if that makes sense, because there is something horrific about being buried alive in a coffin. Um, and I will say I watched it with the lights on because it was like midnight. Um, and again, I watched this a couple of days ago, but it was it was really good. If that's, that if that's wow. something I'm into, yeah. That that vibe that uh, reminds me a lot of um, the newest Russell Crowe movie, which I gotta be honest, that those are words you never want to hear because Russell Crowe is both, you know, Jean Valjean and the Gladiator, or not Jean. He, he played he played a family member of mine once in a movie. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, he doesn't look anything. I look more like it's like a joke in my family. I look a lot like a mix of my grandma and my grandfather. Right. But this is on my grandfather's side. It was it's the Cinderella man. And I look, there's like a picture of this guy when he was really young that I look very much like. And it's, but I don't look like Russell Crowe. And so like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> that's, I mean, you know, that's the honest flex. I don't know if you heard about this guy who wants to be played by Matt Damon after like an accident that he had. Oh, uh, Yeah. There was, there was something in the news floating around about that, but well, it's like oh my god, oh my god, you have the same last name as this. Yeah. This t- wow. My grandpa's uncle. You. Damn. Yeah. My grandpa's uncle, I think, was a freedom fighter, but we don't really know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, this this guy got his ass kicked a lot, but um. And Russell Crowe played him in a movie. Yeah, there we go. But it's a Ron Howard movie, and I have this thing. Yeah. I forgot to put a movie on my list. Anyway. Um, okay, to put, okay, okay. Go, go, you, you do a rec. Right, right, right. Okay, second rec, which is uh, not at all in this. Oh, God, fuck. I'm going to finish that Russell Crowe movie just real, real quick. Yeah, it's yeah, called do it. Unhinged. It's on Amazon. It was the worst thing I've seen. Not because it's not good. It was fantastic. But it, it stays with you, and it's the worst thing. It's all about road rage. Oh. And it's one of the scariest moments because America is scary and people are armed. That's why it's scary. Yeah. Um, it, and we were so frustrated with the main character. It was just it felt like a horror movie even before. Like it, it shouldn't be a horror movie, right? It like it's it's a thriller or whatever, but it it re, it, re, it read like horror. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my next rec is um, a film that came out earlier in the year. It's called Karnan. It's an Indian film, and I have to keep adding Indian films to this, only because uh, representation, and two, uh, it's kind of what I end up watching a lot, so at that point, it's just natural that it shows up. So it stars Dhanush, who is, by the way, in like a really big Hollywood project at the moment. Hmm. Um, I don't, I'm gonna pull that out while I like kind of summarize the film, but 
essentially the film is about okay let me try and ex uh so so karna is this character in the indian mythic the mahabharat which is a long thing the bhagavad gita is part of the mahabharat it's again it's a mythological thing it's all fantasy whatever um and what this movie does is it takes that myth and it makes him a good guy when he was a technically a bad quote unquote uh a guy in in the epic and he was also playing he was on the wrong side again quote unquote um until uh you know so this is a reinterpretation but really what's important is it's one of the it's one of the few indian films you know made by um a dalit or a uh, oppressed caste person of indian origin in like at all that there there aren't a lot of films that are coming out of uh the oppressed caste community because of the fact um of like how you know the indian film industries are set up in a way that it's just hegemonically that those who are in power are still in power and things like that mm -hmm. so mari selvaraj is the director and he's uh he's made his first film was also really big it's called periyar permal really uh, another one about like a cast hero but it's really a non-violent approach to how to fight oppression this one is not this one is really violent this one is like brutal and it makes you can see it on the on the poster i just looked at um yeah, yeah no it's it's so ridiculous it's about a little town and this is a pretty interesting story it's about a little town that's uh, right next to a somewhat larger town and the somewhat larger town has a bus stop but the little town doesn't and the reason that they don't have a bus stop is never really mentioned outwardly my interpretation is that it's a caste thing because those living in the little smaller town are the ones uh, who are basically working for those in the somewhat larger town and they have to cross to they have to like make this really long trip to this bus stop and even when they get to the bus stop they're harassed by the local people of, of that other town so karnan is from that small town and he essentially shows up and um is so frustrated at what's going on and part of it is like how, how do we get a bus stop in but part of it is all like symbolism and it's just this brilliant piece of work uh that i would highly recommend and it's it's shot really well it's uh got this really beautiful song several beautiful songs throughout but there's one that's that's became really popular um but everyone was like talking about this it was kind of all the rage so it's not really like a uh, a new film or and like no one's noticed that this film is good but it's just like good uh and people have been seeing it also danish was is going to be in uh the gray man which oh yeah is that weird on again on it's oh it's anthony and joe russo yeah with ryan reynolds i mean ryan gosling, ryan shit. gosling and, uh, Evans. Evans. yeah and somebody and else is in it too they i added someone yeah, they, they've just been adding a lot of... Wagner Maurer is in it, uh, who's great. Everyone loves him. From Narcos. <laughs> My dad loves him from Narcos. I respect that. Okay. Um, and I would... You can screen, stream uh, Karnan on Prime. It's free because Indian production companies now have these fantastic contracts that allow yeah. us Americans to watch a lot of this shit. There's a big one free. with Netflix, too, because there's like... Yeah, a ton. Prime is a lot bigger. Yeah, well, that makes uh, sense. No, and it's really weird. So India is really in Prime. India is just kind of like 
like the kind of quality content that's coming out is very different. Um, a f- another example is like uh, The Family Man, which recently came out. I didn't like the second season, but we won't go into that. But um, <laughs> and it was like kind of fucking shitty. They they brown faced one of the main characters, really, uh, which is a very popular thing to do in Indian films, where they yeah. they will darken skin colors to show. Nothing. No, they just darken it because yeah. they know that they're like, oh, she has to be. So instead of getting an actress who's darker, they yeah. chose to get a light actress and then put makeup and br- just bronzer on her face. Yeah, that doesn't even look consistent because it's fucking bronzer. Yeah, never not real. Nope. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. That's my rack. <laughs> um, you know, stream it if you're interested in like class and caste struggle it's very brutal but it was very good and i i felt a lot of feelings okay that's good what's Um, your rank so my next recommendation is i will say i've seen this movie many times so this wasn't new to me like the last two were but it's called the birdcage 1996 it's a classic directed by mike nichols who again highly recommend that new biography that came out a couple months ago it's really fucking good but um yeah 72 on metascore which i think is insanely low but we'll we'll disregard that um so it's it's this is truly an ensemble cast because again it's a mike nichols movie and he kind of knows everybody but um it's robin williams nathan lane christine baranski gene hackman diane weist and hank azaria calista flockhart like really fucking everybody's in this movie um a young grant heslov who is now like George Clooney's like best friend and like producing partner and everything. He's in this movie. It's great. Um, it is a comedy adapted from a play, which is actually like where Mike Nichols started was doing stuff on stage and directing and that kind of thing. So he has, even though he is a prolific filmmaker, he also had a very extensive career on Broadway. He won like so many fucking Tonys. Um, so as opposed to something like the Deep Blue Sea, where I feel like it didn't quite translate as well, this one, I think, really does make sense on screen. I've never seen the stage play, but it makes sense right. on screen. Um, and I'm not going to try to say the name of the play, because it's French, and I just butcher ah, every time. It's like Le Cage. It's La Cage au Folle. There you go. I yeah, don't, there we go. I don't speak French. Anyway. Um, the Cage of Crazies. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it... Um, Anyway, yeah, it's really great. So it's about, um, oh, it's kind of hard to explain, but Robin Williams and Nathan Lane are a gay couple. Um, they live in South Beach, and uh, their son, Robin Williams' son, uh, comes home from college. He's supposed to be like our age, he's supposed to be like 20 years old, and he says he's going to get married to Calista Flockhart's character, um, whose parents are conservative. Um, her dad is like a senator, and her mom is just Uh-oh. like conservative housewife type and there's a scandal that happens and so they figure okay why don't we just go visit this family and that'll sort of help the scandal blow over and so this whole sort of thing ensues where uh robin williams and nathan lane have to nathan lane is a drag queen that's the other thing robin williams owns (laughs) a drag bar and his husband is the star anyway so um yeah they have to sort of completely change their personalities redecorate their house whatever and so it's you know it's a comedy but if you read if you read into it it's kind of depressing but it's great and it all works out in the end because it's comedy so comedy. it's really great i've seen comedy. it a bunch 
it's a good time. Um, yeah, it's really fucking great. And it's on, it's on pretty much every streaming platform okay. that there is. It's on Hulu, Peacock, Amazon. You can probably get it on YouTube or anything. All these, I should say, most Older. of these movies that I'm going to recommend are like, you can, you can definitely find somewhere to yeah. get them. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case for me because I feel like all the movies that I watch are like a little too, like, again, they're either licensed exclusively through a platform or yeah. just, it's, that's the, that's the great part about life. Um, my next reg is actually, I highly recommend this for everyone. Okay, maybe not everyone, uh, maybe people who can handle violence and are fine with making fun of violence and, like, mm-hmm. that being the comedy of film. I won't say too much because I don't want to go into it, but it's fucking nobody. It's, it's not fucking nobody. It, it, the, the title of the film is Nobody. It stars Bob Odenkirk. He's an exec producer. It was supposed to release last year. Oh, COVID. And then uh, it didn't release this year either in theaters exclusively. They released it over multiple platforms. And this is one of the films that I'm truly heartbroken that it released during a pandemic because it didn't deserve to be. Um, And I get why the filmmakers tried so hard for it to come out at a time that people would be able to watch it in theaters um, internationally. So internationally, it did release in cinemas, I think in France and like Switzerland, places like, you know, with very low COVID transmission rates because of, I don't know, responsible citizens. I I don't know. Whatever. Whatever keeps the virus at bay. Um, (laughs) Nobody can be watched on Amazon. I'm really not going to say too much because it's just watch it if you can handle violence. Uh, there's a lot of it. And it's it's like Deadpool violence, right? So you have to yeah. you have to have a stomach for it and you have to find, um, dare I say, pleasure. It's like King Kingman kind of violence, oh, too. Um, I fucking love Kingsman. <laughs> yeah, Kings, Kingsman, I guess. But I, I don't remember it, uh, the title of the film. No, it's cool. Like, no, it's just, it's so in, this, in the same way that Colin Firth is a gentleman, um, Bob Odenkirk plays a tax accountant, or like an accountant, for his father-in-law's construction company. He's just like, yeah, he's just nobody. Go he's watch it. It's That's great. Awesome. Yeah, I really want to see it. I Bob Odenkirk has the career that I want, which is start out in comedy. <laughs> he did he did sketch and he wrote at SNL with like Cohen. Yep. yep. And now he's fucking... we've had yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So good. And I mean it's kind of all because of Breaking Bad. But speaking of, have you ever watched Breaking Bad? No. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no I because I also Fiona, have not. Fiona kept telling me to watch it. And right. I just I just haven't. I my parents watched it. My parents watched really? Breaking Bad before. Did they yeah, like, they well, loved did they it. like it? Okay. Oh, they no, were I, so into it. I watched the first fifteen minutes of the first episode, and then I got distracted. Like I had to go do mm-hmm. something else, and then I just never went back to it. But I'll they, do it. Fiona, they loved if you're it listening, so much. I will. I I will watch it one day. One day. One day. It'll happen. And better call Saul. Um. Yeah, but yeah. I think you definitely have to watch Breaking Bad before you watch Better Call Saul. Oh, Soul. for sure. Yeah, yeah you can't. You know. Okay, okay. What's your what's your next recommendation? Okay, so my next recommendation, this is again one I've seen a bunch, but I really love it and I'm excited to tell the world about it because I guarantee you've never heard of it. Um it's called The Prisoner of Zenda. It's from nineteen thirty-seven. Um it's directed by John Cromwell and W. S. Van Dyke, but he was uncredited. Don't know why. 
couldn't tell you, but I figured I'd give him the credit now. Um, and it's got it's obviously there's no um meta score in 1937, but it has 7.7 uh, rating on IMDb. Oh, just obviously. Yeah, this is how this is how I roll, Nikki. Um, it's it's fantastic. So it's like it's a comedy and a drama and a little bit action. It's it's really fantastic. Um, again, another ensemble cast again of people that were famous in 1937. So to me, this is great. I don't know if anyone uh, out there would know, but it's Ronald. It has Coleman, Douglas Fairbanks, swashbuckling Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, his son. But yeah, same same deal. <laughs> that's uh no, that's disappointing. No, he's I great. Want... He's really he kind of okay. makes the movie. So it's Ronald Coleman, Madeline Carroll, C. Aubrey Smith, who's got he's he gives very Sam Elliott vibes. Like the mustache and the deep voice. Um, Raymond Massey's the bad guy. Mary Astor, who is like incredible. Um, she's barely in the movie, but like she's just, oh, I love her. Um, David Niven, one of my favorite people, maybe ever. Um, and yeah, obviously Douglas Fairbanks Jr. doing the shit his dad used to do. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so it's about uh, a guy, Ronald Coleman, who goes to this, he's British, but he goes to this fictional Eastern European country. Yeah. And uh, turns out he looks exactly like the crown prince. Um, turns out they're like distant cousins or whatever. So they go hang out and uh, it's the night before his coronation. And he gets drugged. He's got this He's got this uh, shitty half-brother played by Raymond Massey. And um, yeah, he gets, he gets drugged because they're trying to, you know, take over the throne or whatever. And so because he has this look-alike, they send this guy who is just going on a fishing trip and he gets crowned and he's only supposed to be there for a day, but it's like a whole thing. Madeline right. Carroll plays the queen. Right. It's great. It's, it's really fucking good. Um, yeah, I just watched it again. It's one of, it's like a, it's one of our feel good movies at home. Like my mom's like, I just want to watch something fun or whatever. Let's just put something on. We watch this. It's been remade. Like I think three times maybe and i haven't seen any of the remakes because i just i love this one so much um yeah so i'm having kind of a speechless moment because what you just described is an indian film that is uncredited the has not credited this source material really and it's pretty much the exact same thing he gets drugged it's his half brother who's kind of a dick and then um they didn't he's not married yet the whole the, the really big thing is like he's a bachelor because um the actor who plays him i'm gonna i'm gonna just say it out loud it's called prem ratan dhan bio if that's really tough for you it's okay you can just try to look that those syllables up and see if you can find something um it stars Salman khan who is oh, yeah. n- known in in India, for he's like really a dual figure uh, because one, he is a bigot and a predator and abuser, and really? also killed people, and also shot buckbeak, not buckbeak, <laughs> black black buck, black buck, which are deer that are endangered species, and you are not allowed to shoot them. Haha. Um, and he's also run over people. Well, he was never convicted. It's alleged. I'm gonna just say everything is just an allegation here. Wow. Um, but uh, his driver uh, ran over people while he was drunk. Well, Salman was drunk. His driver ran over people. I didn't know make any sense? of this. I didn't um, know any of this. Yeah, yeah. They, so a lot of uh, a lot of Indian, you know, transients and or 
really just poor city dwellers live like sleep on the sidewalks and the, the man just yeah yeah so he killed i think he injured a lot of people i don't know if he killed anybody but i feel like he did in my oh, life and this movie that was remade Oh, no, it does say, okay, it does say, which was loosely, it, Indian media outlets reported that it was inspired by the South Korean masquerade, which was loosely based on the 1984 novel, The Prisoner, Prisoner of Zenda. So yeah. it's really uncredited in a, like, in a real sense. It's in a spiritual sense, it's credited, but really it's But not, not literally. That's um, okay. It's it's a great, I, I highly recommend it. It's on uh, Turner Classic Movies all the time. That sounds better. I, go watch Pr- Prisoner of Zenda. Prisoner of Zenda. Don't give your money. Kids. It's probably on HBO. If you have HBO Max, it might be yes. on there too. Um, I'm gonna look that up right now because I was thinking about that. And, and then uh, it's it's on Amazon Prime. It's oh, it's really oh. it's really one of my favorite movies. It's it's just so enjoyable. And I really I really love David Niven. Like I just I just I love. It. I can't explain it any further than that. I just I love him. That's I, that's just what it is. Um, if you've seen, I'm trying to think of anything else that anybody would know him from. Um, if you've seen the original Pink Panther movies with uh, what's his name? With uh, oh, fuck. the guy. I don't know. No. Oh fuck. Being there and uh. Oh. Okay. I'm just gonna look it up. But yeah, he's in the original Pink Panther movies. Um. What is this fucking? Oh Dr. Strange God. Love, you know. No, I know who you're. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know his face. Fucking Peter Sellers. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Why isn't this happening Ooh, for me? British. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. I'll, Peter, Doctor Strangelove, also a good movie, but um, which yeah, is so also on HBO Max. Yes, Max. yeah, it's recently out. I have not seen it yet. I don't. I have not watched a lot of Kubrick, to be honest. And yeah, I, I don't really don't like this. Is the only Kubrick movie I'm like into. <laughs> Everything else is. I had a friend that just watched 2001: A Space Odyssey a couple weeks ago, and we just had this long text conversation about like how fucking weird the movie is. Yeah, and like how unenjoyable the viewing experience is. Mm. I don't get it. Anyway. It is very slow. It's one of, it's like, I just, but that first scene is just like ridiculously good. I, yeah. okay, stop. Stop. <laughs> it is. It's the classic. Way... I'll, say, I'll say it's classic, but I, I don't yeah. know that I enjoy it. No, but it is, it's just the way that it, it's so absurd. The surrealism really helps, right? Like the, yeah. what the fuck is going on with these apes and I mean, men in ape costumes is a really good question to ask ourselves. Yeah. Um, I feel like the 60s they were really obsessed with men in ape costumes because of Planet of the Apes. Uh, that's I always made apes this connection. Is a shit movie. I've I was forced to watch it as a child. My yeah. my uncles just deemed it a classic movie. So I classic cinema, let's say. So yeah. that was uh really terrifying. I hated it. it yeah, no, there it are a lot of sucks. weird scenes with like the the apes being or the humans being in prison and shit like that that stuff is i took uh, in a class last semester and we wrote like a whole paper on it and talk about like oh, oh look at the symbolism because the apes are in charge and the humans are in cages it was ridiculous that's wow okay anyway what's All right. your next recommendation my next recommendation is also kind of stomach churning <laughs> uh, oh good <laughs> is also a little uh, weird and slow and it's kind of one of those like ex- semi-experimental films but it got a big platform release that also it deserves so it was really well made it's called the great indian kitchen so it's one of the only films here that like i well it's one it's another film that i don't have to explain the title uh too much because it's not in an indian language or an indian name whatever so it's directed by um 
a Geo Baby, which I know the name sounds kind of ridiculous. It is. I'm pretty sure it's not a. It's just their name. I, I don't really know who this director is. I think it's their first film. They wrote this script. This film is one of the most frustrating things you're ever going to see because it centers around an unnamed Indian housewife. So hmm. Karnan was a Tamil film. And I'm just explaining the languages. The Tamil is South India. Um, the Great Indian Kitchen is also a South Indian film. And the South, in- South Indian... Uh, part of India like faces it's in the south faces Sri Lanka it's culturally very close to they're very close similar states as north India is very similar to each other there's always that weird north south thing in a lot of these places so the great Indian kitchen is about uh, an Indian housewife um, who's unnamed throughout the entire film and her life that sort of centers around the kitchen and it starts in the most, like, norm. It's very French in the way that it, like, sort of has not a lot of... It doesn't have a lot of plot. There's not a lot of, like... Uh, there's a lot of repeated symmetrical... They're repeated shots, right? Like, shots yeah. that are framed in the exact same way, but sh- showing progression. It's, very, again, very French in that sense. Um, and so it follows this woman, and it's her first... You know, the first week of her marriage... And then after her first week or first few days, her mother-in-law has to go to um, help her daughter, so uh, this woman's sister-in-law, with her birth. That's a pretty big Indian tradition. A lot of Indian families, when it's... It doesn't even really matter, I don't think, religion-wise. It's more like you want your family support, and so you go to your parents' house uh, when you're having a kid. Or your parents come and visit you. And that's what yeah. happened. So the mother-in-law is taking a break. The the unnamed housewife has seen everything. So she sees as... And she's called the wife in the credits. So she sees as the mother-in-law, like, um, has to bellow a flame stove. It's because her hmm. father-in-law doesn't think the taste of rice cooked on a gas stove versus flame... The, he thinks there's a difference. Oh, okay. There's a taste difference. Whatever. Whatever right. that means. So she sees her do that. She sees her make chutney. So hand grind um, coconut. Hand grind coconut. Which yes. means she's using a little freaking machete link thing on the table. And she's just stabbing a coconut. And it's terrifying. It, uh, no one wants that weapon in your house. Less so your kitchen. In any yeah. case, that's what she's so every morning, that's her routine. She has to make like a bunch of food, all new, and then the leftovers are all gone. They're they're all scraps. They're all shit because they're leftovers. Right. Um. And it's this. It's just really gruesome. And there's one point. It's it's weird to say that, but it is. And uh, you know, they eat uh food so sloppily. Her father-in-law and her husband. They're like. They're leaving the, like, uh, fibers, I guess, is or, like, bones, for example. They leave it on the tablecloth. And they, like, they eat like pigs. And it's one of the most infuriating things to watch because, you know, she's going to have to clean it up. And she does. Right. And the entire film is her doing that for, you know, a really long amount of time. And it's, it's a really great film. I, you know, if you want to get angry, watch it. Uh, <laughs> There are a lot of, I guess, a lot of these films, if you want to get a little angry or sad or depressed, 
watch it hmm. <laughs> for all three. So you got um, that side of it, and I'll give the comedy side of it. Yep. Sort of. <laughs> Seriously though, these are not these are not like happy. That honestly movies. sounds really good though. It was. It's a little weird at first because I we didn't know what to expect, and so we when we saw like no plot. And nothing. Uh, it got like, oh my gosh, no. Um, also, you can stream it on Prime again because it's one of those Indian films that have like an exclusive contract. It's great, uh, so it's free technically. Uh, and there's a, I mean, I I really liked it. I think it has a really interesting arc. There's a lot of, it really is uh, walking through the motions of a lot of what. Uh, what a lot of Indian women do every day Mm -hmm. and maybe what even a lot of women in general do a lot as like caretakers and caregivers um, especially of young children and sometimes old men Uh, the the difference is minimal Um, nice (laughs) that's my recommendation it's on Prime go watch it it's it, it'll tell you something about Indian culture if you never it's it's a it's a much better exposure to it than like fucking eat pray love or worse <laughs> you know you're like yoga teacher telling you like two names yeah. oh I got it I'm in it I know yep. yeah that sounds cool so I'm gonna switch it up and go the complete opposite direction let's go um if you want to laugh and feel bad about the fact that you just laugh but you're laughing so hard that you can't feel bad bad news bears the remake 2005 a Richard Linklater movie which I did not remember until I just looked it up like a half an hour ago um crazy that that's one of his movies because again we've talked on this podcast before about like the before trilogy and all of that and like boyhood but he also did, did this one, so that's fucking crazy. Anyway, 65 on Metascore, um, but a 5.8 in terms of the user reviews. But here's why. It's because mm. it it's a, obviously it's a comedy, but it doesn't really hold up. Um, right. So just, again, that's the whole laughing, but you feel bad about laughing thing. That's what it is. Um, so if you're anything like me, if, if you have any of those qualities of like, this isn't, I, I know this wrong, but it's still funny. Jesus Christ! Then, then this is then this is a movie for you. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's a good time. I mean, it's just it's you know it's Billy Bob Thornton. So already you kind of know where it's going. Like if yeah. he's the main character, then you know where it's gonna go. But it's you know it's a it's a good movie. It's you know uh, he's got to coach a little league team, and the kids suck, and he's got to make them suck less. And the rival coach is, a, you know, he's a douchebag. It's Greg Kinnear, who's pretty funny, too. Um, that is... I yeah. mean, yeah, I think it's definitely dated in a sense, but... Oh, super dated. Yeah. Like, truly. But if you're in a mood, which I was when I watched it, like, you just you just go with it, and it's... Yeah. I, I'm going to stop talking about it, because I, I feel like I'm digging a hole right now, but... <laughs> Just fucking watch it. Anyway, what's your next rec? <laughs> okay. Um, man, I, you know, we were looking at these lists that we were making and I just had a lot because I was just, I've been watching a lot. <laughs> I keep thinking of more as you, like, as you Okay, because I think, I think you should add your honorable mentions and then we can, like, speed yeah. run through them, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, speed is not a, it's not an app. It's a decent movie, Speed. Mm-hmm. 
was just like, gonna say speed is not our forte uh, when it comes to explaining films. Um, but you know, that's why you love us. Okay, so my next film that I have, and it's, okay, I'm gonna say two. Can I say two? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend two. <laughs> So the first one is Perfect Blue, which is so random, so thrown out there. I watched it recently and it freaked me out. I watched it on my phone, which is which is not a, the best viewing experience. Um, it's an animated film. It has an insane amount of tension and buildup and it's just such a great, uh, just really well done product. It's a well done film. It's uh, the director, Satoshi Kon. And uh, Satoshi Kon is pretty well known in Japan for being kind of like this anime auteur. Uh, so really having a very specific style, either with the film or like with all of his films. Um, and Perfect Blue is just an incredible premise. It's very simple. It's about an idol, a Japanese idol, which is essentially like a K-pop idol, right? So mm-hmm. idol is the term in, in East Asia. So she's a, a, a J-pop idol who wants to become an actress and wants to become a little more serious. So she starts taking this, like um, she starts working as a recurring character on this like crime television show, like a detective show. And while she's doing that, um, we follow a parallel storyline of her stalker. And we watch as he tries to like, you know, interfere in her life and follow her, do things. And it just comes to head in a really really bizarre and really wonderful way um i mean i guess it's it's really gruesome and kind of uh uh you know uneasy the entire time but uh it just i i really loved it when i watched it and it was really interesting it came out in 1997 which also is oh nice uh, one of the cool things about anime is that you can see its growth a lot so Akira is another example of like a, a movie made in the 80s that people worship even today. So this was made in the late 90s. Okay, the last thing that I think I'm going to probably really highly recommend is The Serpent, which I watched. Again, it's semi-Indian, but not. Uh, it's played by Tahar Rahim, who's a Tunisian. I'm going to look that up, but I'm pretty sure he's Tunisian. Um, but he's a North African actor. Uh, who was recently in the Mauritanian, uh, which oh, is yeah. the film with Jodie Foster and Shailene Woodley. It's this very basic sort of like man in prison for bad things and terrorists and whatever. Um, that's that's me being uh, blasé about it. That's really not the case. It's actually a really horrifying true story about a, a true person and um, what he had to go through living in Guantanamo Bay. And he's one of the few people who have, who has technically made it out because he was, he had good lawyers. Uh, it's one of the scariest shit that I've seen. You know, I think, okay, he's, oh, he was born in France, but he's Algerian. I feel weird about that. Uh, French Algeria is an interesting place. So, but he's, he's really, he's had a, he spoke, he speaks Arabic pretty fluently. And because he speaks French, it's really great for us because um, in The Serpent, he plays Charles Sobrage, who, if you lived in the 70s and 80s and if you were a hippie, I don't know, I'm just throwing a really, I wasn't casting a, hippie, a white net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You were alive and you I were a hippie. I was alive then. <laughs> 
Sojraj was terrifying. He's the predator that, like, got you on your vacation. Slash escape from America. I don't really, you know, when white people go to get refuge in Thailand, that's really what Sobraj was kind of preying on. He's amazing. He did such a great job to Harahim. I do feel a little, little weird for about him playing a man who's like half Indian, half uh, Vietnamese. I feel a little weird about it. Um, maybe I shouldn't, but I should. I, I don't mind it. I think he's, uh, yeah, so... Indochina, that's fun. So yeah, her, her, his mom is Vietnamese and his dad was Indian. So um, he's also still alive. He's freaking crazy. He's probably the most sociopathic non-sociopath that you meet because he just didn't like to manipulate people. And then, okay, there's like a lot. There's, <laughs> there's a lot. I don't want to go into it. Sorry. The Serpent was great. It came out in 2021 and it's on Netflix. Again, really premium. You know, you have to have a subscription for it. Yep. Um, you know, but still, it was really interesting. It's a TV show, again, which, you know, if you have more time, it's always fun to watch. Awesome. All right. Okay, so I have one more legit recommendation and I have three honorable mentions. Um, yes. So my last legit recommendation is called Riders of Justice. It came out last year, uh, late last year. It's a Danish film. I don't know how to pronounce Writers of Justice in Danish. I'm not gonna. Um, right. But it's directed by Anders Thomas Jensen. Um, has an 81 on Metascore. And I will say this is the first movie that my family and I saw um, like post, post-quarantine. post We saw it a couple weeks ago. Ah. Um, and it was really fun and we had a good time. It, uh, it has Mads Mikkelsen because, I mean, I'm convinced he's really the only actor in Denmark and a bunch of other Danish actors, too, that are all really fantastic, but I've never fucking seen them before. Um, that's a valid... Well, I, I know one guy from Game of Thrones, so that's it. Yeah. So, like, it's him you know, and Mads. But Mads is, like, such a solid actor, so you already know it's gonna be good. Um, but it is a, it is a, it's a mishmash of a bunch of genres, but it's all very dark. It's dark comedy. It's a lot of drama. It's some kind of heavy action. It's kind of gory at certain points. Um, and yet it's very entertaining. It's about, um, uh, a family. There's a, the, Mads Mikkelsen plays, uh, a, the father who was in Afghanistan, um, or like at the time of the movie, like when the movie starts, he's in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm pretty sure it's Afghanistan. I'm starting to confuse movies I've seen, but um, <laughs> that's mm, you know you have a problem when you don't know when you last yeah, had a drink. No, it's true. Um, and anyway, so he's got a daughter and a wife, and they are in like a metro crash. Um, in Denmark. And so he gets called home, the mom dies, so then it's just him and his daughter, and he wants to find the people that killed them. And while they were on the train, um, there's this guy who's, like, a sort of a statistician, he, like, works, I I don't want to say it's, like, chaos theory, I don't know how to explain it, because I don't know shit about math, but, um, tries to make patterns of certain things and whatever, and so he using you know a bunch of data and all the software and whatever thinks that it's not a coincidence that the train crashed because there was some guy who was a member of a gang um who was supposed to testify the next day in court against a rival gang called the riders of justice 
And so they think it was an attempt to kill this guy, this very elaborate plot, whatever. It becomes a whole thing. So basically Mads Mikkelsen starts working with the statistician and his little friends. Uh. And, you know, crazy shit ensues. I can't tell you what happens in the end because it's just so fucking crazy. So anyway, that was uh, the first movie that I saw out of uh, quarantine. It was a weird first movie. I'll say that. It's not what I was expecting, but it was very solid. It's in select theaters. I don't I don't know where specifically. I saw it at the AFI in Silver Spring. Um, and it's also on Amazon Prime Video if you want to rent it. So Oh neat. Okay. That's, yeah. I think that's a good uh, to do for my dad on his father's day. Maybe father yeah. daughter. There you go. go. Exactly. Father daughter. That's, that's my present to him. Revenge story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets to watch violence uh, and maybe enjoy it. Yeah, uh, he does. Family becomes closer together. So. <laughs> Oh my god, you okay. I see another of your honorable mentions, and that's a movie that my dad has watched, uh, I think many times. Which one's this one? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, all right, should we do? Should I can you know what? I'm just gonna run through my honorable mentions. Do your honorable mentions, yeah, go for it. Sure, um, or maybe this is like more of a real wreck. I would watch special on Netflix if I were you. Uh, I would watch both seasons. It's cool it's original content it's one of the only uh probably the only show that's being helmed by um uh a gay and disabled man which sounds like a token and me doing it out there but it's really about it's an autobiography semi-autobiographical accounting of Ryan O'Connell's uh memoirs and life sort of situation and it's a tv show now and it's very interesting and I it's one of the first TV shows that I think has ever depicted disabled sex, which... Oh, interesting. Watching Brokeback Mountain recently, I realized I was wondering how, if you were going to bring that up. I was wondering... I, that was, I was just going to... I was just so surprised. I literally finished special the day, and I was like, oh my gosh, look at these men, like, getting it on. I don't really care, whatever. Um, and being like, okay, cool. And then watching Brokeback Mountain, where I was like, okay... <laughs> Like by like it like vaguely rapey. That's the vibe that I got because of that entire the first scene. Um, hello, what the fuck? In any case, uh, special is great. It's it was it was really cute and um, you know it's he's tough to love, Brian. Uh, and I think uh you would watch it for his mom and his friends and one of his like best friends is Indian and that's why I liked it. But I was also like damn that's a very one note way of thinking about Indian identity but that's a lot of Indian Americans they have a very one note oh my gosh I'm just rambling okay do you have an honor you can I think you should do your honorable I'm mention. just gonna run through them real quick yes because I only have three that. um this is really I, I'm just gonna give you the, the real quick facts first one one of my favorite movies maybe ever um it's called the death of Stalin came out in 2017 directed by Armando Yanucci who is the guy who did Veep um, so it's that brand of dark humor, um, but a little bit darker. Um, 88 on Metascore. It's, again, nice, decent-sized uh, ensemble cast. It's Steve Buscemi, Simon Russell Beale, who was also, again, in The Deep Blue Sea, uh, Jeffrey Tambor and Michael Palin, uh, among others. It's a very dark comedy. Um, it's on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, it's about the sort of the power vacuum that happened right after yes. Stalin died. It's yeah. so fucking funny. Like, I keep going back and watching little bits and pieces of it. So I haven't watched the whole thing in like a month, but it's just, oh God, it's beautiful. Anyway, so that's, that's number one. Number two is Rush. 
2013, directed by Ron Howard. 74 on Metascore. I just, I'll just come out and say it. I don't like Ron Howard movies. I, I don't care. <laughs> no, for them. really. He's the one that directed the movie where Russell Crowe played the guy that I look like. I just don't fucking like Ron Howard. But I will say this movie. I don't know why, but I feel like this movie comes up a lot in like things that I read and things that I watch and mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's anyway. It's uh, Daniel Brühl, Chris Hemsworth, Olivia Wilde. Again, other people as well. Um, oh, Daniel Brühl's great. Yeah, he is. Um, it was his birthday the other day, I think. But anyway. Um, yeah, historical drama about the 1970s rivalry between uh, Formula One racers James Hunt and Mickey Lauda. Um, yes, I have seen this. Oh, God, I know the poster. It's such an interesting yeah, 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 yeah. looking poster. Because I remember Chris it came out, and it. I was like, ooh, Chris Hemsworth's yeah. in it. I want to go see it. Hemsworth's in it. Yeah, so anyway, uh, it's on Netflix right now. I think it's also on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Um, again, I, it's like not my favorite movie, but I feel like it's worth watching maybe just to like say you've watched it. Now I feel like, okay, fine, I've watched it. Finally, last thing. Um, it's TV show. One TV show that I watched. Um, it's called it's called Betty. It's uh it's from last year, directed by Crystal, I think it's Moselle. Um and it's got a six point eight on IMDb in terms of user ratings. Um it's about a crew of uh skateboarders, all women, um, in New York City. It's based on a movie that the creator of the show um crystal moselle had made and it premiered at sundance a couple of years ago um and so it's the same same characters same creative team and all of that but it's right. just a tv show um and it's not oh, like it carries through they introduce the characters in different ways but it's the same people and the same names and everything um it's on hbo and i'll be honest it's the acting is not good because they're not actors they're skateboarders like in real life they are oh a, wow they really are crew. just Get, really, oh, man. So that part of it is cool, and that's the only reason I kept watching it. There's only like seven. It's two seasons. The first season just premiered, um, but it's only like seven episodes in total are out right now. Um, they're only like 20, 30 minutes long. It's it's not great, but I feel like it could it could be something. And if nothing else, it was something kind of on in the background. I don't know. That's so, valid. Yeah. Honestly, a one like two one a lot of these shows are on in the background for me. Okay. All right. Do your searching. 2018 searching starring john cho it's on amazon pay the three dollars it's fantastic it's one of the first movies that does the whole like conceit where it's like oh i'm doing video recording on my screen and like you just move from screen to screen laptop to laptop and it's so good uh it's about a missing daughter and her dad's you know hunt to find her and it's one of the first films with an asian american lead and this is a big deal like an asian american man is like pretty much the only person you'll see uh on the screen and it's great john cho is also really underrated uh, as a you know he is isn't he yeah he just, he's great he was on star trek i want to see more okay second way of the house husband i can't explain much just go watch it it's on netflix it's very short it's like 20 minute episodes and it's five of them um i liked it so much i ended up buying the manga that inspired it it is anime uh but it is hilarious and it's hilariously voiced if you want to watch the English version too. Um, and people were really excited about that. And uh, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. It's about an ex Yakuza member turning house husband because he falls in love with the woman of his dreams or whatever. Um, it's just great. It's, it's really funny. Um, the Lego Batman movie. I just watched that. Fucking I would highly movie. recommend this. We spent, we spent quite a while talking about this earlier. Like, yeah, we did. And a I would, solid fucking movie. It's a solid movie. I mean, it's like all the Lego movies. And what's gross is that it's Lego and, you know, consumerism. But it's also like 
oh my god <laughs> it's good it's really fucking um, good whatever so the another thing that i've been watching which i have yet to finish even though it's only six episodes and i've been watching it on and off is Ragnarok which is what I've spoken about with like Norse mythology and stuff like that um you know Thor and Loki are in it and they're fighting the the giants uh to prevent the world from ending it's interesting I think it's out of all the Nordic shows that I've tried to watch this has probably been the closest as Norwegian um I've almost finished it and I will and you know it'll be okay um the second season of For All Mankind. I'm really split on this. I love the first season. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, because it's just... I think when I was watching it in the pandemic, I don't know, I was feeling all kinds of patriotic, guys. And uh, folks, <laughs> we are here uh, feeling the For All Mankind, you know, rewriting history moment. And they do a really cool way of, like, reconstructing what could have happened if the America... The Americas. If uh, North America... Mm, if the United States uh, had not won the space race, quote-unquote, had not won is a big statement. Um, did, did, did anyone win, really? But the second season, I think it loses a lot of its steam. Hmm. It sort of moves 12 years ahead. And that's just a that's wide jump. So it's like a decade in... in, uh, in I don't even know what and my 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 mind is going all over the place, but it moves a decade ahead and it's just not it's very different. It's like we've encountered like more middle aged problems because now we're supposed to believe that all these actors are middle aged right. when they're like still thirty years old and you know, and just like with gray hair. Um, so that's I don't know. I, I love the first season. I would watch the first season full fully through and maybe end up there. Who cares? The next one is has already been cancelled by the people making it uh, which is netflix and it's another show that i spoke about the irregulars i watched a season of it it's that's it that's what that was my review that's That's how i felt about it it is it it just is i don't have anything more to say i would watch it if you like sherlock holmes Uh, i think they do a cool thing uh with sherlock and it's interesting. It's very weirdly modern British people. Um, it feels like an American show made by British people, and that's the funniest thing to me. It's like CW, but like, <laughs> yeah. think of them all British, right? And they are like, or someone compared it to like early sci-fi, which I think is probably a better comparison because CW yeah. is so trash. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like it's kind of vibe. Okay, last 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 thing I was watching. Uh, that I finished all three of these films yesterday uh, was the con- the Conjuring universe. I'm trying to like finish it. I don't know why. I don't know what compelled me. It's bright in the day and I could watch it and I just sat and watched three in a row. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hated all of them. I was I, just I, talking. I was just hanging out with my brother yeah. and our neighbor, who's like my brother's age roughly, and we were just talking about how, um, like we should watch them. I don't really want. I my perception of horror movies is always that I won't enjoy them because I'll be too scared. And then every time I watch a horror movie, I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. So no, 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 it's not. Really? None of them are. Okay. Straight up, like it's. I I think once you know what goes into a horror, like what goes into film for things to happen, I was I was a little I was being a little um, I was just like laughing at points. It got it got that bad. Also, to be honest, I don't have a connection at all with uh, the church or Catholicism or even Christianity. <laughs> so, 
So the thing is, you watch, it's like not being afraid of heights and then watching Everest, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, people can die, haha, ha, lol. Like, okay, this is a true story, so how sad, but Wasn't Jake it doesn't Dillahan change anything. I think so. Well, Vertical Limit was the one that my dad really watched a lot oh, really? as a child. And that oh, wait, stars... I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. The... I don't remember who that stars, but go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, so I know it's the, it's the nun and the Annabelle movies. And yes. when the nun came out, we were we went to go see something, and this was, like, right after graduating high school, because my dad had just had neck surgery, and so we, mm-hmm. but he had, like, he was in that range of, like, it was okay to take off his neck brace anyway, so we go to the movies, we go sit down, this is one of the first previews, and I will say, there, were, there was a big jump scare in the preview for the nun, and my dad, it's a packed theater, because I don't remember where we were sitting, yes. it was, like, opening weekend, <laughs> we're sitting there, and the jump scare happens, and everybody freaks and then, you know, end of end of a trailer, and my dad said pretty loud, oh my god, I should have worn my neck brace. <laughs> and, like, the whole theater fucking heard him. <laughs> so that's what I think of when I think that movie. Oh my god, that's, I should have worn my neck oh brace. Oh my god. I think that's the thing. It's, it's all just jump scares. None of these films have thought about, like, I think It is a lot scarier. And my brother likes just, it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. No, it the movie, not the not just it, it as in, is great. It it yes, is great. I agree. No, seriously though, like I think that has like it preys upon this larger fear and it's just good filmmaking. Like the camera is more interesting and it doesn't just yeah. do like pans all the time. Literally like half of the these movies that I was watching these, right? Like they're all pans. And then they like say some fake shit about like these are the true case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren. They are they're paranormal investigators and you're like yeah. supposed to be freaked yeah. out. I, what if you don't believe in any of it? If you don't believe they don't like the exorcism I watched and I'm or the exorcist. Yeah the exorcist. Yeah. And we were so confused. My dad and I watched it together and he was like this this is scary like She's like twirling. Okay, whatever. This mucus coming yeah, out of her pea soup. Yeah. The scariest part for me was like her mutilating her own genitalia as a child. That was freaky. I don't like that. I I, I thought that I don't was like one too likes far. That. No. Yeah. That I. You know. I don't know, man. Maybe Woody Allen. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I answered. And that's where we end. <laughs> I think. I think that is. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the newest episode yeah. of our dumbass podcast. It was a little bit longer than we had planned, but like, I feel like we were weirdly productive about it. Like, we really, really solid recommendations. I'm glad we have this. We also, for our listeners, we keep a Google Doc, so we stay organized yes. when we're talking, even though it might not sound like it. And I'm so thrilled that we have this because now I'm just going to go through all of your recommendations and start like. I'm me too. Oh, I'm I'm gonna definitely watch the Birdcage and Buried and Writers of Justice. I think I I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch Bad News Bears, but I'm no, definitely. And, you know, even actually, all of your recommendations sound great, except maybe Deep Blue Sea. I feel like you started out low low energy on that one, but like yeah, by no, the time is, you read, yeah, I really just I really watched it for Tom Hiddleston. That's the only reason. I watched <laughs> it. And like it was a salt. Like I'm glad I saw it because I've been wanting to see it since I was in middle school. So like, eh. there we go. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, it's not like I wouldn't watch it multiple times. The Birdcage, I've seen a bunch. Prisoner of Zenda, I've seen a bunch. You know, Riders of Justice, I would watch again. 
um, yeah, that kind of thing. So that's how I felt. I just watched the Lovely Bones. I'm saying like I haven't listed a bunch of stuff that I've just watched, but I really did just you know recently watch the Lovely Bones, and I was like, again, a movie I've wanted to see for a long time. Yeah, didn't Stanley little... should get an Oscar nomination for that. I don't know, but he should have. And I was like, I unfortunately I'm so pro Stanley Tucci, I couldn't really hate him. Um, yeah, I was I'm like, also yay. Pro <laughs> Yay, Stanley's on! Stanley's on! And obviously it's so creepy, and, you know, Shersha does a great... Like, Shersha is just... Oh my god. Yeah, can she stop? Talent that she contains. Like a baby just doing great things. Um, Shersha and Elliot Page, I feel like, as, like, semi-child actors. Yeah. Uh, Elliot yeah. Page in Heart Candy is one of the freakiest shits that you've ever seen. Uh, the character he plays is, like, insane. Uh... Which is not even that much. Patrick Wilson is in it. Mm. Watch Heart Candy if you can. Okay. I, yeah. I'm writing it Heart down. Candy I'm writing down. Ridiculous. Heart uh, Candy. Yeah. And Elliot Page. So I remember why I just randomly wrote down. Heart yeah, candy. literally, right? Like, like, no, I don't need don't... to buy any. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, that was a solid. So all of these recommendations, we will figure out a way to put them on like Instagram. We will consolidate so. the information for you so that. You have all of this information as well. Will you? I will. <laughs> I'm trying to motivate, my, motivate myself to actually do this. Um, if I say it and then it's out there, then I have to do it. Even though, let's be real, we don't have very many listeners. Um, so it probably won't matter anyway. But it is what it is. Whatever, it's out there. Um, yeah, I guess join us next time. When, whenever next time is. And we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll hear us then, yep. I guess. Yep. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs>